Glory be to Jesus. Whatever you are hearing the sound of my voice, lift your two hands to Jesus today and just bless him. Father, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for your presence in our household. We thank you for your presence on our job, in our businesses. We thank you for your everlasting love, for your reckless love that you demonstrate towards us all of the time. Lord, we ask for the supply of your spirit as we uh, hear the preaching and the teaching of your word today. Lord, we ask that you leverage this word to heal, to set free, to deliver. Let it be that no one will be the same again. Holy Spirit, have your way in the life of everyone that will partake of this word today. We thank you and we bless your name. Breathe upon your word and let it minister grace to every hearer. Let no one be the same again. In Jesus' precious name. And all who believe say, believe in amen. Praise God. Praise God. I think it's in order to say happy Valentine's Day. One of such unusual days that Valentine's Day will happen to be on Sunday. Uh, so I, I know that perhaps, you know, except there's a lockdown in your city or anything like that, you really would love uh, 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 to go after, after, you know, church or after your church experience from home have a good meal or, or, or just order something uh, because I know you may not be comfortable with going out to eat or anything like that, but order something, something great, something nice. Uh, uh, let's, let's just make the day special. And if you're here to get something good for the person you call sweetheart, I think I'm, I'm recommending that before the day is over, uh, let there be a surprise. Let there be something, you know, something that will make someone feel valuable. Praise God. And if you're yet to get such a person, I pray for you today that you are set, stepping into your season of divine connection also in Jesus' precious name. And I pray uh, that the love of God that is in Christ Jesus will be shed abroad in all of our hearts again in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. I hope you did not miss uh, the 2020 uh, events and impact report that we, we showed, the activities and impact report for 2020 that we just, we just showed. This is just to show us some of the things that God enabled us to do as a church last year across all of our different expressions and online and on digital media, God using our church to touch lives from all around the world. And we are grateful for all that God is doing. Um, I also want to encourage you uh, that you, 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 you support ministry at the Elevation Church in this year, 2021, uh, God wants to use all of us. So whatever you can do in volunteering, in, you know, just being a blessing, whether virtually or physically, we love for you to be a part of what God is doing at the Elevation Church. And much more than that, we, we love for you to support financially. So if you go to the website, elevationengine.org, our main website, uh, elevationengine.org forward slash partnerships, you will see uh, a video there where I, I, I discuss uh, the, the capital projects of the Elevation Church uh, globally this year and how you can uh, partner with us to, to make those things happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm fully persuaded that God is touching people's heart this season to support ministry at the Elevation Church. And you know, scripture says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So I'm encouraging you uh, to go get on the website, elevationengine.org uh, forward slash partnership and uh, see how you can be a part of funding what God is doing at the Elevation Church. Praise God. Praise God. And for all of our uh, online members who join us 
from time to time from all over the world. And I'm not talking about just people who join locally in Nigeria, uh, who are not in in-person gathering yet. I'm talking about people who are uh, in different countries and different you know, parts of uh, Nigeria and different parts of Africa and different parts of Europe and North America who join us from time to time. And now I've chosen to identify with the Ministry of the Elevation Church as members, online members, the growing uh, online community that we have, and the committed uh, people who are now members uh, uh, online. I, I, I celebrate you. I say happy Valentine's Day to all of you, and thank you uh, for, for sending your input to be a part of this service. And we love you, and we're always uh, praying for you and looking out for you, trusting that God will perfect all that concerns you in the different cities and different nations where you join us from from time to time. Thank you, and God bless you. We started the series last Sunday, which was tagged Powered by Love. And in this series, we are talking about the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And last Sunday, uh, we, 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 we emphasized the fact that we are created for connection, that God created us for connection, not isolation, that we're created for connection. Uh, we, 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 we spoke about uh, the, you know, the importance, uh, the importance of connection, the importance of belonging uh, to the family of God, uh, that in this season, some people have chosen you know, uh, uh, to believe and not to belong, and that all of us need the family setting that we have in the body of Christ and the, the natural family that you are born into or the biological family that you are born into and the different families that God will bring you into from time to time. You know, Scripture says is the one that put the solitary in family. And uh, God is always organizing for us not to be alone. And we encourage everybody. This is not a time to feel lonely. Uh, and if you're feeling lonely, you know, this, this, this Valentine's Day, I need you to understand that God is at work in your life. He has you, you know, etched into his heart, in, in, in the innermost part of his heart. You are the apple of his eyes. And you need to understand that and that his mind is always full of you. God, God, you know, God loves us. You know what, what 1 John 3 uh, from verse 1 says? 1 John 3 and verse 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. I love this, this, this verse of the scripture. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. So therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. He said in verse 2, he said, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know, we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What is he saying? We are born of love because we belong to the God of love. And the scripture says uh, that yeah, God has a plan for you and I to be a full partaker of his love, to enjoy his love. And so we're created for connection. God wants to bring people into my life and into your life that will demonstrate the love of God towards us. And we also demonstrating the love of God towards other people. So in this season of love, love in the atmosphere, the greatest love of all, the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. If you are a child of God, say amen.
If you're joining on any of the uh, you know, social media platforms, go ahead there and type, I'm a child of God and uh, I'm born of love because God is love and the love of God is in my heart. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. So today I'm, I'm speaking uh, uh, on the topic of living the connected life. If we want to demonstrate the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, we must understand that the only way to do that is to live the connected life. To live the connected life. One of the things that the Bible says will happen even as we move towards the, 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 the end of the time and we are in the end of the end of the time. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, when you read from verse 1 from the NIV translation, it says the Spirit says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. It says, such teachings come through hypocritical liars. This is New International Version, NIV. It said it comes through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with hot iron. It said they forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain food which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth for everything uh, God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayers. So if I, if I even forget the last two verses, if we concentrate on what Paul was writing to Timothy here when he said in the last days, uh, you know, people will believe all kinds of things. And they, 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 they will yield to seducing spirits. And he said one of the things that will happen is that uh, the, the, the level of callousness will go up. He said uh, uh, people's consciences uh, will be seared with hot iron. It will become so difficult for them to be able to live a connected life, a life that places value on other people, a life that has a feeling for other people, a life that is aware of what other people are going through. So talking about living the connected life, that's living out the love of God as in Christ Jesus, practically speaking. Living it out without, uh, you know, a conscience that, that is plagued uh, uh, with uh, some form of hardness that cannot feel anything again. Now, uh, let me uh, let me digress a little bit. I read a quote a few years ago. Interestingly, the, the, the writer of the quote is not, by this name, is not an African, but this is what uh, the man by the name Thomas uh, Friedman, Thomas, Thomas Friedman said. He said, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up and it knows it must run faster than the fastest lion or it will be killed. He said every morning, a lion wakes up, it knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve to death. It doesn't matter uh, whether you are a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better start running. <laughs> and you know that, that uh, there's a, a video that, that you can see whether it's a lion or a cheetah or a tiger. They're always running 
after the, the gazelle. And I just love to watch some of those things, especially when they're able to escape and they can't eat them. Maybe you should watch this. So you see, you see what I'm talking about? And the, the way uh, 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 Mr. Thomas uh, Friedman said it uh, uh, or wrote it here is that if you have the mindset that you are a gazelle, you will always be running from lions. And if you, know, if you feel like you are a lion, what happens? You think everybody is a gazelle that you run after. So the gazelle has a mindset that every other person that looks like a lion, whether it's a tiger or a cheetah and any of those, you know, carnivorous animals, when they see them, they see a terrorist and they keep running. The same thing for any of those animals in the lion family. Uh, when they see a gazelle, they have seen a prey and they run after them, you know, and some people have that mindset that in this world, People are to be prayed on. And I don't mean prayed on as in prayer, but to go after them and cheat and, and you know, and take advantage of them and, you know, and all that. While some people feel abused, neglected, cheated, and they feel like all the time people are always looking for what to get from me. People are always looking for what to get from me. You know, feel abandoned, feel cheated. Like the, the, the woman at the well in the book of John that Jesus met by the well. <laughs> and uh, 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 Jesus asked the woman to give, to give him water. And the conversation, you know the way it went, if you've read that passage of the scripture before. And then the woman, you know, uh, the, Jesus asked the woman, uh, 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 go, I mean, something about her husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you are right. Yeah, currently now you don't have a husband. But you've been with four men or so, or four or five men. And then the woman was shocked. Oh, and she went around the time. Come and see a man, a real man. All my life, men have been taking advantage of me. And that's what got me to where I am. But this one, you know, uh, uh, was, was, was so engaging. This one, though, she, he asked me for something. But the moment the conversation turned around, he said, if you know the person that is speaking to you, you will ask him for water and he will give you water that will run into eternal life. You know, real water. Jesus was always uh, uh, there to give. Even when he was thirsty and needed water, and disciples went to buy food, he was even when he asked the woman for water, it was still to the end that uh, the woman would be able to get something from him. Because by the time the woman heard one or two revelatory words, she knew that this man is not ordinary. Jesus was never, I mean, the, 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 the lion looking for a gazelle 
in a woman to, you know, to pray over her. I hope you're getting what I'm saying today. If you are still with me, say a big amen. Uh, it's necessary at this time, if we will live the Christ life, if we will live a connected life, if we will live the love of Christ out practically, there has to be a mind renewer. I love this other, uh, this other quote by James Tober. James Tober said, all men should strive to learn before they die what they are running from and to and why. Can I say that one more time? James Tober. He said, all men before they die must learn, must learn before they die what they are running from and to. What are you running from? And then what are you running to and why? You know, back to, uh, 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 to, to Thomas Friedman's quote, the gazelle is always running from, from the lion. The lion is always running towards the gazelle. If you live your life like that, what you realize is that a lot of the time, you don't even know what you are running from or what you are running uh, towards. If you have been abused before, like the woman at the well, the possibility is that you will always be running away from men. And when a man tries to make, uh, you know, uh, uh, a gesture or anything like that, try to even be a friend, the first thing you do is to push the person away because you are running away. What are you running away from this season? And for some people, it, there's just a hole that has been created in your heart. You want to fill it with all kinds of things. You want to feel loved. You want to feel like a babe. You want to feel like a dude. You want, you know, you want to feel like a G, like young people say. You, you, you know, there are so many things that uh, the hole in your heart is, is, is pushing you in a particular direction. That's what gets people into all kinds of addiction because there's something that is pushing them. What are you running from? And what are you running to? Yeah. What brings you the kind of excitement that you want to replicate all the time? And it's outside of God, outside of Christ. Because that thing will soon take the place of Christ in your heart. And that thing will make you live a disconnected life, not a connected life. A, dis a disconnected life will make you focus on, on, on things that are not important. Will make you focus on things uh, that may destroy we make you focus on things that will disconnect you from people and leave you on the path of, of destruction. That will not be your portion in the precious name of Jesus. Can I get a big amen to that? Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. This is a time that God wants us to really focus our attention on living a connected life. Firstly, connected to him, and then secondly, connected to the people that it will bring around our lives and different kinds of connection from professional connection at work in business or where you're studying to, to, uh, 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 to family connection in marriage, in the, your nuclear family, in the extended family, uh, you know, to how you connect with your children, to, to connecting even with a child that's not your biological child, like an adopted person into your family, connecting with extended family members and not living a disconnected life and still yet be a Christ-centered person. A Christ-centered person is a person that lives a connected life. Connected at work professionally, connected in family, connected in social circle, amongst friends, among neighbor. Connected in the spiritual community of faith. So you have friends in church. Uh, even these days that most, a lot of people have 
doing church virtually, there's virtual small group that you can belong to and still remain connected. God wants us to be connected in these different levels and different ways. But the big question today is, what is the state of your most important relationships? Yeah. What's the state of your most important relationships? Are the things they are running from or the things that you are running to, they, have they made you to lose sight of the people that God has positioned around you to whom you should show love? You know, it's very, it's very easy for a man to become so busy that you don't even know what your spouse is going through. That you're so emotionally disconnected from the vital relationships that God has brought into your life that you don't even know what your next door neighbor is going through. This day that we celebrate love, the love of God practically, living it out practically, means that we cannot afford to live a disconnected life. Can somebody say after me as a confession? I say today, I confess that my life is a connected life. Say the love of Christ, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus freely flows from my heart to people around me. Say I'm connected. I can be touched by the things that people are going through all around me. Say I, 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 I don't make effort to disconnect. I make effort to connect. So I, I'm connected in family, I'm connected at work, I'm connected in the neighborhood, I'm connected virtually, I'm connected physically. Glory be to Jesus. That's just a confession of faith. That may not be what is happening in your life right now, but as you confess such things over and again, you just see that your heart starts to open up for fresh connection, for every meaningful connection that God has brought into your life. So what is the state of your most important relationships? I need to understand that it is your responsibility to keep your most important relationships healthy. It is your responsibility. It starts with you taking responsibility for your own emotional state. That's where it starts from. For your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. You know, I haven't gone through, you know, the buzzword for this season. Lockdown, self-isolation, quarantine. All those words, you know, they, they left, they've left us in a, such a way that we feel we can just do life on our own sometimes. Yeah. We can just do life just with our immediate family member as most people have been at home. You work from home, you go to church from home, kids go to school from home, everything is home, and we're just ourselves. Yeah. That's a big word out there. That's yearning for connection. That's a big thing in your heart which is called the love of God as in Christ Jesus, that can not only be expressed just within your, 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 your nuclear family. God has a lot of his children out there that he wants you to be able to connect to and demonstrate the love that he has put in your heart towards them. Because whatever you don't use uh, will diminish. And the Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 5, the, 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 he said, uh, hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit whom God has given unto us. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. So you need to understand that God wants you to take responsibility for your emotional state. He wants you to take responsibility for your spiritual state so that you can live the real connected life. I'm talking about taking responsibility for your emotional state uh, from the scripture that we read 
that that I read in in, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, the big question I want to ask today is that can you truly say that my conscience is intact? I can feel for other people. You know, when the scripture talks about bowels of compassion, can you truly be able to say that I still have my bowels of compassion intact? I love that scripture in 1 John 3 and verse 17. Let me read it from the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, but if anyone has this world's goods, in bracket, resources for sustaining life, Look at how he puts it. Resources for sustaining life. If anyone has this world's goods, if anyone has resources for sustaining life and sees his brother and fellow believer in need, yet closes his heart of compassion against him, how can the love of God live and remain in him? The Bible says here, in the King James it says, uh, if you shut down your bowels of compassion, Many of us this season uh, really have to be careful that our bowels of compassion, our art of compassion, our the milk of human kindness does not dry up from our heart. This is what leads to a seared conscience where you cannot feel. You know, once you say something is seared, uh, when your tongue is seared, maybe from taking hot coffee or hot tea or you know, anything like that. After a while, you can't really taste things again. You may not be able to taste salt again, for instance, uh, and, and you, you may say, put more salt, put more salt in the food because you can't taste it because you are losing your sense of taste because of what you have done to your tongue. It's the same thing. When a conscience is being seared, we lose the capacity to feel for people. We lose the capacity to, uh, you know, to, 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 to live the connected life or even the willingness to want to live a connected life. And you know what? The scripture says in Hebrews 4, when you read verse uh, 14, Hebrews 4 from verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus Christ, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, is that let us hold firmly, firmly to the faith we profess. This is New International Version. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. He said, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize. That's why I chose this translation. I love the word he used. He said, we do not have a high priest. You know, King James says, we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched. When your conscience is seared, you can no longer be touched. When your conscience is said, like New International Version puts it here, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He said, let us then approach God's throne, throne of grace, uh, 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 with confidence, so we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We do not have a high priest that cannot be touched or that cannot empathize. Can I even put it this way? Anyone whose conscience has been seared, who can no longer feel for people, is not an high priest, is a low priest. I don't care how loud your tongue is when you speak in tongues. I don't care how big your Bible is. 
and how, how, how many days of this year you have fasted. If the, the, the milk of compassion, of human kindness, has dried up from your heart. If your heart of compassion has been seared with hot iron and you cannot feel what people are going through again, you cannot feel a need to connect so that God can make you a blessing to somebody else. You are not willing to demonstrate the love of God as in Christ Jesus, starting from your home, from the most important relationships in your life. I'm talking about your parents. I'm talking about your spouse. I'm talking about your siblings. I'm talking about your immediate family members. Then I'm talking about your colleagues at work. I'm talking about your boss. And I'm talking about that junior colleague of yours at work. I'm talking about your next door neighbor who may not even know Christ or who may, whose life may be in crisis right now. When the milk of human kindness is dried up, notwithstanding what part of the world you live in, everyone responds to love, especially when it's coming from a good heart. They, they, they may disdain your race, but when they see the love of God in your heart, they recognize it. Somebody may disdain how you look, or whether you're a man or a woman or whatever, but when you show love and compassion, people recognize it. This uh, Christ was love personified when he was here on earth, uh, as in physically. Love personified. That's why the Bible says we do not have a high priest that cannot be taught or that cannot empathize with our weaknesses. Can I pause there a little bit to ask a man or a woman, you know, in this service today, do you, can you still say that you have that milk of human kindness flowing towards the most important people in your life and then flowing towards people that are not even as important? But let's start from the most important people in your life. Because if someone listens to me right now, if you really can work on your conscience, if you really can work on your capacity for empathy, your marriage will become better. Yeah. You will not expect that a woman that is taking care of two or three children, or even if it's just one, yeah, and you just form busy as a man, a man about town, or man around the house, and you don't want to do anything, you don't want to be involved, you don't want, you know, or, or is it, is it a, 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 a woman that speaks to a man anyhow and cuts him down, and you don't, you can't even feel the way he feels. And you've heard it before that men have some measure of ego that is, let's even say it's just a little higher than what women have. But yet you speak to him anyhow, you cannot empathize. These are the days where people are losing jobs and all that. Somebody may be, uh, you know, joined to this service right now. Maybe the breadwinner in the home is no longer able to bring any bread or winning, it's not winning any bread currently. And because of that, you cannot even feel that uh, uh, in their heart of heart, they really want to be able to put something on the table, but it's just the situation in town right now. There's a need for empathy. That's how we demonstrate the love of God as in Christ Jesus. But let me break this down maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit better. And that's that when we talk about empathy, uh, empathy is just one in the continuum of how we test uh, how we can feel for people and our capacity uh, to, to really be able to, to, to feel people. It starts from the lowest point, pity, to sympathy, to empathy, and then to compassion. Pity says, I'm sorry for you. 
Sympathy says, I feel for you. Empathy says, I feel with you. And compassion says, I am moved by you. It says, I'm moved by you. Maybe I should even put it in a better way. When you talk about Christ, for instance, you see Christ demonstrating sympathy, empathy, compassion all of the time. No one encountered him and felt like he didn't have love in his heart. None. 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 And I'm going to explain as I, as I wrap this all up. If you want to be like Christ, you must live that kind of Christ-like life where no one will encounter you and feel that there's no love in your heart. Notwithstanding who they are. Christ showed, you know, all kinds of sympathy, all kinds of, I mean, a, a man approached him, he said, uh, if you can do anything, he said, my, my son uh, is, is, you know, is suffering, sick, but if you can do anything, do it and have compassion on us or, or have sympathy and help us. And the next thing you see is that something will flow from Christ into such people and turn things around. Can I go through a few of, of, of how Christ demonstrated all this? Because today we have people with short fuse. People, somebody speaks to you somehow, you said, if you don't keep quiet, you're going to reap what you sow right now. And it's because I'm a Christian and it's scriptural for you to reap from me. Don't be the agent of giving people adverse or bad things. You know, some people even quote scripture. Yeah, quote scripture. And when the scripture is not working for them, they'll say, you know what? When Jesus said, uh, if he slap you on the right, turn the left, you know, and all those things, you know, it's just Old Testament or something like that. They, they'll find a way around it. If you, if you do anything to me, I, I'll give you full measure, double portion, you know. <laughs> I, I will deal with you. You see two people who are supposed to be loving each other. Telling each other, I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to deal with you because the, the milk of, of human kindness has dried up. Conscience, our conscience is no longer alive to see. But when you look at the life of Jesus and you check different ways, even with children, Matthew 19 and verse 14, they were trying to stop children from coming to Jesus. Ah, the Messiah, the first begotten of the Father, he said, Leave the little children. Jesus said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. Meanwhile, some of us children are crying at home. Uh, you, 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 especially these days where most things are done at home. Then you move to this place. You, move, you shout on everybody. Go, 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 go and sit down. Go, go. Maybe we should even lock them up in one room. They want to express themselves as well. Because they are humans also. Jesus gave preference to children. And Jesus allowed them to express themselves. Jesus dealt with different people across the spectrum of, of sympathy, empathy, compassion. Look at the woman caught in adultery, for instance. In John chapter 8, when you read from verse 3. In John chapter 8, when you read from verse 3, you see the highest level of demonstration of empathy ever. And that's the real love of God that's in Christ Jesus. This woman was caught in adultery. The religious people said, the law of Moses said we should stone you. And we should stone whoever is caught in adultery. They didn't ask the question, where's the man? Yeah, they just ganged up. And I'm sure most of them are men. God help us men. In Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, nobody asked, who is the man that was, who, who was the, the man that was with this, this, this woman? All they were interested in is, 
we are the custodians of the law and uh, we must uh, make sure that the, the rule of law obtains in this situation. And, uh, you know, the very religious people today, a lot of us who profess to be Christians can be extremely religious that uh, the love of God, you know, as, as it's not showing in us. All people are seeing is just, you know, uh, the rights and wrongs and just calling name calling and all that. We need to allow our bowels of compassion to open. When Jesus will confront the situation, he chose to just pause a bit and think about the Bible says he was writing, you know, on the floor, you know, and all that. And then they asked him, verse 4 of, of, of John chapter 8, and, and they said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the, in, in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, uh, the law of Moses commands us to stone such a, such woman. Now, what do you say? They were using the question as a trap, the scripture says, in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Now, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let anyone of you who is without a sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And the Bible says, look at verse 9. It says, at this those who had began to go away one at a time and the older one first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing. Look at that. Jesus changed the atmosphere there with empathy. He stepped into the shoes of the woman. You know, sometimes you see young ladies in the red light district and you, you, you even feel like calling them all kinds of names. Uh, some religious people will tell them you will go to hell. These are the people causing our men to derail. They will go to hell. You know, all those kind of things. But the question that we do, I mean, Jesus uh, uh, made people feel is this. Uh, have you asked the question, how did this lady end up this way? What was her background like? Who abused her when she was young? Who pushed her into this? Oh, uh, you know, I'm not holding brief for people who, who, who are commercial sex workers. No. I'm just saying that God can save anyone. And if you and I will have compassion, if we will have empathy, if we will be able to be willing to step into their shoes and ask a few questions, maybe we will change our mind about what we're criticizing. Jesus said, if you have never sinned before, then cast the first stone. The Bible says from the oldest, because the oldest, their sins are plenty. The sins are more than the sins of the younger people. They were the first to, 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 to exit the place. And the tension, Jesus doused the tension there. And he said, neither do I condemn you. You know, just, just go. That's, that's empathy. I remember a story that I read in a book many years ago about a man who was on a train. You know, a, a passenger train. And he had his two boys with him. The boys were misbehaving in the cabin. Just throwing things around, throwing paper, shouting. And another man was sitting down reading his newspaper right there in the train. It was, you know, after work hour, and they were just on their way home. And after a while, the man was wondering, won't this man stop these boys from misbehaving? In fact, sometimes they will run and even push the man's leg, and maybe their hands will touch his newspaper. He could not concentrate. He couldn't take it again after a while. He looked at the gentleman, and he said, Sir, please, can you put your sons in order? Can you, can you please? And the, 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 the other man looked up and just 
spoke very softly to, this other, to, to the man and he said, um, that will be tough for me because we're coming from the hospital. They just lost their mother. You know, the moment he said that, they just lost their mother. We're coming from the hospital. They just lost their mother. Uh, you know, at that point, everything changed because this man that was complaining and saw the boys misbehaving all of a sudden now had an understanding of why the man will not even care or the boys are just trying to just, you know, let loose their emotion because they've what their mother died in the hospital. So they're frustrated. They just, you know, but without information, and that's why I'm saying to somebody here today, if you want to live a connected life, you must be the kind of person who can listen. The kind of person who will be able to say, you know, uh, uh, who, who, who will be willing to understand before you seek to be understood. Let me put it that way. Yeah, that kind of person who will be willing to understand first before seeking to be understood. That means you'll be willing to listen. You'll be willing to ask the right kind of questions. You'll be willing to want to know people better so that you can be connected to them. I can go on and on and on, but my time is almost up. Jesus, in the feeling of, uh, of 5,000, in Matthew chapter 14, when you read from verse 14, the Bible says that he, he had compassion on the multitude. He had compassion on, 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 on them. And when you read for that, the Bible says that, the, uh, this, the, the, he asked the disciples, where can we get bread for, for these people? And they said, well, we, we don't know how to get bread. Uh, 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 we only have just a little. And, but the Bible says, because he had compassion on them, he told them, let everybody sit down. You see, when, you engage compassion, which is the highest level of the, 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 the flow of human kindness. We start with just sympathy which, or pity, which cannot do anything. It's just to make people know, I know you are there and I see what you are going through. Com uh, uh, empathy says, I can feel what you are going through. My conscience is not seared. I can feel what you are going through. And then, because I can feel, I, I've stepped into your shoes, then compassion says, I want to do something about what you are going through. When we live a life that is compassionate, what happens is that God starts to give us ideas about how to sort things out, how to help people, how to solve problems. A lot of the miracles that Jesus made happen in the scriptures or God wrought through Jesus came out of a heart of compassion. Compassion, ladies and gentlemen, will open you up for innovation, innovative ways to resolve human problem, innovative ways to resolve relationship problem, innovative ways uh, uh, for God to meet needs through you when there's compassion. If you really want to be a blessing and live, uh, please live a connected life that is filled uh, full of compassion. That's full of compassion. That's how Christ lived. That's how Christ lived. That was how Christ lived. Uh, uh, and you know, there, there, are, there are many situations in the Bible. Maybe I'll take one more and I'll wrap this all up. One more and I'll wrap this all up. You know, when Jesus encountered the, the, the woman with the issue of blood, <laughs> the woman with the issue of blood, he, he, he was on his way to Jairus' house. On his way to Jairus' house. And what happened? He a woman touched him. And because he was a connected, he was living a connected life, he, 
he had feelings. He could feel that virtue left him. You know, if you are the son of God, a Messiah of the world, and everybody's looking for you, everybody's after you, and a man had come, said, come and heal my daughter. She's about to die. And he was going there. But even on his way there, people were thronging. And then a, 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 a woman touched Ah, I mean, touched him. And what happened afterwards? Virtue left him. And he said, who touched me? Because he still feel. Who touched me? Are people trying to touch you and you cannot even feel anything? Because you are running towards something or you are running away from something. You know, sometimes people are trying to get your attention, but because you are running away from abuse, you, you can't even see it because everybody's now an, an abuser. I pray that God will heal your heart this season. And that you will truly live a connected life like Christ did. Because Jesus felt the virtue flow, you know, flowing out of him. And apart from that, fell for the woman. He waited, had a conversation with the woman. The woman told stories. Oh, I've gone to Dr. So and so. I've gone to this place. I was in that synagogue. And all that, the Bible says, he told all the story. He's been to many physicians. He never, you know, got better. He said he had wasted all his, uh, I mean, she has wasted all her money. Jesus listened to all that story. While they were talking, they said, Master, don't bother yourself again uh, with Jesus. We're telling Jairus, your daughter already dead. Jesus said, talking to the woman with the issue of blood is not a waste of time. This is what God wants. The God who made me stay to watch and, you know, and converse with this woman, to show compassion to this woman, that same God will, will release his power as we go to your house. Jairus, don't worry, let's go. And he got to Jairus' house and Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. God will use you this season to bring dead things back to life. Dead marriages back to life. Dead businesses back to life. Dead people back to life. Dead situations back to life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, as you look forward to him to use you because you're, you're releasing your heart to him afresh as we celebrate the love of God this season. That you're making up your mind that your conscience will no longer be seared with hot iron. That you will feel for people. That you will demonstrate sympathy, empathy. You will demonstrate compassion. And you will allow God to use you to be a blessing. Lastly today, there's also, it's important to point out that compassion, empathy, and all that is not always going to be the soft, soft, Love. There's always also tough love, which uh, uh, which is also a way to show the love of Christ, uh, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Can I can I uh, uh, encourage somebody today with this? That there's a place of tough love. It's the balance between grace and truth. The Bible talks about Jesus in John one and fourteen. He said, "We beheld His glory, the glory of the as of the glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth." There's a balance of grace and truth. Everything I've been talking about is about extending grace to people. There's also the balance part of it, which is extending the truth to people. Too much grace, for instance, when you're taking, of, take, taking care of a child, will spoil the child. The balance of grace and truth, which was what Scripture says, Jesus was full of grace and truth, is what uh, really balances this connected life that we're talking about. Because you find yourself in situations like Christ found himself 
with the Pharisees who happen to just follow him all over the place wanting to mess him up. There will be people who will want to mess you up. There will be people who will want to, you know, who will want to consider themselves to be the lion and turning you to a gazelle. Tough love demands that you face them squarely and say the truth without being abusive, without being cantankerous, but you, you, you maintain your stand, you draw the boundaries. It's still the love of God that makes us do that. Yeah, it's still the love of God that makes us do that. In Mark 11, verse 15, the Bible says that Jesus Christ became the table flipping and uh, uh, people beating or people wiping or whatever I want to call it, person. Because Jesus really demonstrated tough love there. He had compassion on the people that they were cheating in the temple. He recognized the house of God as a place where, you know, it's not meant for buying and selling, but a house of prayer. When you read uh, uh, verse, verse 15 there, the Bible says, So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the table of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry uh, wares uh, through the temple. Then he thought, saying to them, it is, not, is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. This is tough law. Tough law. Jesus will confront the Pharisees and speak to them very firmly because he knew that they needed tough law. Are there people around you also that will need some tough law this season where you need to confront and say the truth and draw some boundaries? Yet, with the love of God, the Bible says we should say the truth in love. So when we cover the truth, we're not also living a connected life. Because what you do is you move away, cover the truth, there are things to be addressed, and you refuse to address them. Whether at home, at work, you just need to trust God for wisdom. That issues to be spoken to, please speak to them. There are actions to be taken to correct things. It's time to face those actions that Jesus did here. It, it takes a lot of boldness to get into the temple, flip tables, you know, whip people, and Put order in place. It's time to put order in place in your love life. It's time to put order in place in the vital relationships around your life. And it's time to demonstrate the heart of compassion and the bowel of compassion and mercy and the milk of human kindness flowing through you as a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. I hope this has been a blessing to you today. Will you lift your two hands with me and say, Father, make me an object of your love. Make me a carrier of your love to my word in the name of Jesus. As we celebrate love today, Lord, I release myself to you. Use me in ways that I cannot imagine to create solutions to touch lives starting from my home in the name of Jesus. There's someone here today, yeah, maybe you're having issues at home with your spouse or with siblings or within family or with parents. Will you lift your, your voice to Jesus right now and say, Father, give me wisdom. 
give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. If there's anyone that your heart has been close to and you know that by destiny your heart cannot be close to them, maybe they're your sibling, maybe they're your parents, maybe they uh, your spouse. Uh, I, I need you, or an, uh, an old friend that you know that God brought this relationship uh, for a particular reason. I need you to pray right now. Lord, heal my heart. Turn a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. In the name of the Lord Jesus, will you speak to your conscience to come alive as the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh in the name of Jesus and say, Father, I want to live a connected life in this new year. I want to live a connected life. I don't want to be disconnected. I don't want to be the kind of person that can no longer feel for people. I want to be able to feel the feelings of people's weakness or infirmities. I want to be like the great high priest. The Bible says we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched or that cannot empathize for the weaknesses of other people. I wanted to pray today in any way around me that, that, that my conscience may have been seared, that I no longer empathize, whether with my spouse, whether with a friend, whether with my family member, whether with my co-worker. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I receive grace today. I receive grace today. Make me a sympathetic person. Make me an empathetic person. Make me a compassionate person. That the love of God as in Christ Jesus may be fully expressed through me this season. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless your name. Wave your hands to him today and just bless him. And just bless him and receive the refreshing grace that is in Christ Jesus uh, over yourself right now. Somebody, you are experiencing the healing power of God right now in your emotional life. That thing that pains, that, that abuse, uh, that feeling of abuse that has refused to leave you, I speak to it right now. And I decree that God heals you from that feeling. In the name of the Lord Jesus, my God, uh, this season is causing you to forget the pain of the past. Somebody, you are walking free of fear, fear of connection. In the name of Jesus, fear of, 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 of uh, you know, of people. You are, God is healing your heart right now. In the name of somebody, God is healing your heart from fear of getting into another relationship. And I pray for you today that my God will reveal himself to you afresh and heal your heart. I decree over you that grace is released over you for the fulfillment of your marital destiny. Grace is released over you for vital connections, vital partnerships that will launch you into the fullness of your destiny in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone who believes there, believe in amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for staying with me all through this, this service today. And uh, I believe the word of God has been a blessing to you today. If you have been blessed, will you go to the chat room right now and say, uh, 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 I am blessed. Uh, uh, say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm living the connected life. Say, I'm living the connected life. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. I love to pray for anyone connected to this service right now who may not have a sound connection with God through Jesus Christ. Maybe you said a prayer before, but you know you bustled into sin. I love to pray for you. I love to pray for you right now, if you don't mind. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus or you want to give your life to Jesus, I love to pray for you right now. If you don't mind, can you just put your hands on your heart if your hand is not busy and just say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Say today, I boldly, boldly declare that I'm a child of God. So I ask, Father, that you be my Lord, be my Savior. I dedicate my life to you fully and completely. 
and I ask that you take charge and take control. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning from this moment forward. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And if you just said that prayer with me, I know that God has started a good work in your life and he will perfect it in Jesus' name. Will you go to the chat room and just let us know that you just gave your life to Christ? Go to the comment section and just let us know that you just, just say, I just gave my life to Christ or I just rededicated my life to Christ. And we would love uh, to connect with you and uh, as a responsible church, even connect with you virtually to help you grow and be discipled in the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. So if you don't mind, please let us know. I just rededicated my life to Christ or I just gave my life to Christ and we would love to follow through with you and God will bless you as you do so in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, before we bring service to a close, I just want to encourage somebody again. This is the time for you to join our online community. Register. Join the Connect group. Join an interest-based group. We have groups for singles, for married, uh, for professionals, or for people who love sports, different kinds of sports, for foodies, for all kinds of people and different you know, uh, areas of life. This is a time for you to make a decision not to live in isolation, but to live a connected life looking for people to be a blessing to in Jesus' precious name. And everyone says a believing amen. All right, it's time to give to God and I want you to package your offerings, your tithe, whatever uh, you, you want to give to God today. Uh, please get your devices. The details of the different ways that we give is now being displayed on the screen. Uh, if you're giving from outside of Nigeria and you have any issues with our online platform, elevationng.org forward slash giving, please let us know. Send us an email at info at elevationng.org. We'll be able to send you reliable information on uh, how to, uh, uh, to avoid any of those problems. And we're also working to make that uh, a platform more robust. It's a secured platform. Uh, but we want to give more options as we go. And you can also do a wire transfer through the GT Bank details that is on the right-hand side of the screen. And if you're local to Nigeria, uh, uh, you can just give using any of the three banks, the short code platform or wire transfer, and God will bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. I'd like to pray for everyone as you give today. Father, we thank you for uh, everyone worshiping you with their substance today. We ask everlasting Father that you pour out your grace over every giver. Your word says if they have to remain, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So I pray a blessing over every giver. I ask uh, that you watch over them. I ask that you meet them at every point of need and let your hand uh, uh, distinguish them. Let your hand of favor rest upon their work and let it not be only by labor. Let your favor show up in all that they do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise God. Thank you uh, for giving and thank you for supporting ministry work at the Elevation Church. And uh, we believe that the God who sees in secret, he will reward you openly in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, just one or two announcements. Uh, I, I want to remind us that we are just, uh, you know, short of a week uh, towards the, 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 I mean, we're just a little over a week to exponential uh, 2021. Uh, 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 Monday the 22nd and Tuesday the 23rd will be uh, the, the, the dates for this year's exponential like we have announced over and again and uh, it promises to be a really, really powerful experience. Please talk to any church leader, any pastor that you think should be a part of this and anyone that's interested in the body of Christ or in leadership generally should be a part of this, especially leadership in the body and how we position the body of Christ to do more this season. 
All right? So this has been tagged, the resilient church. And like you know, we have great speakers in person of my pastor, Pastor Sam Adeyemi, uh, some of my friends, uh, Pastor Yemi Davis, Pastor Jerry Aze, uh, Pastor Conway Edwards, all the way from Dallas, Texas, Pastor Agui Ruko from London, England, uh, will, will also be joining us, a senior friend and a mentor of mine, and also uh, a senior friend of mine, uh, the, uh, the principal of Order Consulting, uh, Mr. Leke Order, will also speak, and a great friend uh, from, uh, uh, from Kampala, Uganda, uh, Worship Harvest Church, a great friend of mine, Pastor Moses Mukisa, is also joining uh, the, 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 the main speakers we have. Uh, uh, loads of speakers in the breakout session from different organizations that will also grace this year's Exponential Conference. Uh, the registration is free. It's a virtual event. Direct somebody to exponentialng.org uh, uh, forward slash register and let them register for free to be a part of this event. Also, yeah, we love for you if you know anyone who lives in any of the francophone African countries or who is in ministry, who is a ministry leader or a pastor, please get them to register because we'll have, for the first time, a channel dedicated to French-speaking people at this year's Exponential Conference. Uh, it promises to be a powerful experience and we want them to be a part of it. All right? Like I announced earlier on, to be a part of the small group, please uh, send an email to small groups. Uh, at elevationng.org and be a part of our online small group. Uh, uh, also, join our online community. Join our online community by simply visiting onlinechurch.elevationng.org to engage with us. Uh, we have our ministers there. You can get counsel. You can send your prayer requests. You can make friends uh, on our online church platform. And I want to give a shout out to all of our online members and the ones that participated in this service and that are still participating in the service. We love you. We appreciate you. And we pray that the love of God will continue to preserve you in Jesus' precious name. Have a fantastic week and uh, see you again at midweek at Switch and next Sunday. I look forward to seeing you again. God bless you and have a great week. What an awesome service we had today. We trust you were blessed. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to connecting with you and doing life with you. Enjoy the love of God the rest of the month. See you next week. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. From me to you, here is wishing you a happy Valentine's Day.